Yo, what's up, guys? My name is Charles Minky. Oh, and wait. What? Wait, do you have graphics and stuff? Like uh, music? Music? From, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like, for post-production, do we have music yet? No, man. Like, is there going to be man. music? Do we need music? Man. Maybe we don't need music. Should we start by going... Da, 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 no, da, da, da. we have like, to skip it. I, the, the response, people don't like it. People don't like it? I mean, I made that up just now, but th- there's an opportunity that they might not. Yep, and so every opportunity, <laughs> if there's a chance... Ba ba da 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 Am I really? Wi-Fi last. What? Okay, all right. Forget I said anything. Just oh, start. Suck. Re- restart. Yo, what's up, watch. guys? It is season two, episode two, with Charles Minky and Matthew Decker. And today, you know, we're talking about the beautiful, wonderful, most amazing subject of giving. And uh, really, it's specifically on Matt's heart because he just went to a conference where the speaker, he lives his life in giving um, finances in addition to his time, sacrificing. And uh, I know a lot of times churches, they always go like, hey, we want you to give in to us and we want you to give us your prayers and your and your money and your time. And they like mix in all because it feels taboo to talk about money. Dude, if it's hard, mm-hmm. if it's hard to let go of, then you got the problem. If people, if preachers are preachers are having to tie in like all these like special like ways to say it, and they're like, give your your time and your your effort and your gifts and your talents and your money too, then that's the problem, man. Like we're attached. <laughs> like, but anyway, so uh, yeah, please, Matt, take it away. Like, you know, how did it go? Where were you at? What was it about? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So I just got back from the great state of Missouri. Woo! You know, Woo! Right below me. I'm just um, joking. That's too much. Well, that reminds me. Mm. Like, do you remember um, David's Langer? Lanyard used to say misery. That he was from misery. You know, what? I don't. I don't remember that. But now that you say that, I still don't remember it. But please tell me about it. Well, anyway, um, so I was in the great state of. Uh, well, that's all, that's all I was going to say. I think Pastor Steve used to say that too. Missouri. About four and a half hours away from where I dwell yep. in uh, Iowa. Yep. So, um, Padonka donk, Iowa. Well, the famous line is, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Is that, the, is, is that the line? Is that, yeah, is that satire? From? No, no, no. Oh, it's uh, from uh, Angels in the Outfield. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was from that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. like, all the angels of old baseball players come out of the field and they're like, is this heaven? And then someone's like, no, it's Iowa. I think anyway. <laughs> um, so Iowa is compared to as like heaven. Okay. Would. Okay. Um, it's the half heaven. It's the quarter heaven. I guess. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to get closer to heaven, you just you go to Iowa. You go to Iowa. Um, but no, I was down in Missouri um, with, Lone Star Church, middle of nowhere church, a great <laughs> church, um, with uh, youth pastors Joey and Sarah Call, who we uh, need to be on the show at some point because uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Go with us and, as well, and they're just in ministry. You know, they've been devoting their time to the Lord, which is well, yeah, they've been they've been doing it for like three years down in middle of nowhere, Missouri. That's crazy. Or, dude. Up for you. Uh, well, yeah, it is crazy because we were talking and I'm like... That's crazy. Well, I'm talking bro. to people, like people in 
in ministry, new pastors that I haven't met before, and I'm telling them my story of... Chilling like a villain, and uh, you brought your drums up to serve them, and why? Why did you serve them? Like, why would you drive all that way to play drums? How far did you drive? Well, it was four and a half hours. Like, why would you do that? Why would you drive four and a half? Did you? Did they pay for your gas? Uh, I mean, yeah, t- I did get a paycheck. Okay. okay. But I want to change the focus, because... Um, I remember whenever Pastor CF uh, walked past and he put the check in my pocket. Mm-hmm. He was like, thank you for coming down with your, not only drumming, but everything that you do. Uh, um, there was a kid who was like, oh man, where's my paycheck? And then we were joking around with him where it's like, well, you you know, you didn't do anything, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But a point that I didn't make to him because it wasn't the right timing or whatever, but... Uh, I don't know how much that paycheck was. Like there wasn't a agreed upon payment. Yep. Yep. Um, because I love the church and I love to serve the church and I have that connection with the church. It's not my home church because my home church is in Iowa at the moment, but um, it's one of those churches that I love to serve at. And so anytime they have an event, they don't have a drummer to play for. So I'm like. Anytime I'm that I'm able to, I'm gonna drive down there and help out. That's um, awesome. Specifically with bigger events, you know, because you have a guest speaker in. This is the second time I've done it. The first time was last month with Nancy Dufresne. Um, you want to have a more worship-filled worship, you know, and so being able to serve doing that. But yeah, otherwise they're. So I did get paid, but it's like it wasn't talked before yeah i don't have a yeah list of demands yeah Um, it was more about being there than it was about getting paid uh uh-huh and that's that you gotta have that your heart right whenever you are in ministry ministry um doing that is why are you doing this Hmm. is it for the money or is it for actually serving the lord and for the kingdom being that kingdom minded yeah um can i say something on that yeah you know, that reminds me, we've got such a unique perspective of ministry because a lot of times when you go to Rama and stuff like that after, like in Rama, I'll teach you go clean toilets after, okay? But mm-hmm. with Go Ministries, you pay other people to clean toilets. And that's no joke. Now, there are other ministry positions that you're fulfilling, but none of them are glorious. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to be asked to speak you're, it, it may be few and far between. You're not going to be a regular speaker. You're probably not going to be ministering to the kids. You're probably not. There's going to be rare occasions where you are asked to step up on a mic. Um, and there are rare specificities when like God will call one person to talk. But typically, they have their leadership structure and you're there to serve. And, uh, and so it's such a unique thing compared to most people because most people are thinking like, oh, I'm going to work. I get paid for my work, but at go, you pay to work, which isn't a bad thing. I, wh- I actually think mm-hmm. in some degree when people, when I first came out to Mason here, they paid us money to work at camps for eight weeks. And I was like, we're getting paid for this. Like I thought typically you just do it for free no matter what. And then you figure out how to make your money on the other, on the side while you work for free. You know, that was my, my, my MO. I never thought that the ministry could be something that you, you're supporting your lifestyle with by loving people, you know, like it was always a sacrifice. And so I think, you know, we've got an interesting take on that where 
our whole lives, it's like, no, you don't get paid for this. You, you, you just do this, which I think is a good thing because if it can become money to people, um, I think that's scary because if you start not knowing if you love these people anymore or if it's a paycheck, that's a, I feel like that's a scary place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I will say, it wasn't. I didn't get paid until the last night, you know. So, like, the whole night I could have been, like, uh, um, stressed or worried about it, but mm. it's like, eh, you know, they'll get to it when they get to it. Like, yeah, if I drive home and they forgot to, like, they'll send the check later. Like, yeah. I know the, I well, I know the people, and that is true. We do have that interesting sign. I think it's it is very healthy. I'm not gonna say I think I know that it's healthy to, um, serve with that generous heart where yeah. you're not doing, you know, you're not doing it for the money because you know there's that. There's the Bible verse of the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the love when money starts taking away, like when you keep it not as a tool, because money is a tool. You use money to do things, to buy things, to further the kingdom. And that's why you pay tithe is to pay tithe to the church to be able to continue helping out. Um, Because like, this is another side trail. (laughs) Um, The church does more for chair like charity work is their number one priority so when you bless into a church that has good ground that's good ground to bless into because you know that that's going out yeah. to help people or get people saved um but what i was saying what was to go back to what i was saying is um it's how like money is a tool so when you're serving for the Lord and for those around, it's, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be just being like, Oh, I'm doing this. Then it becomes just a regular job. Mm -hmm. You got to have that attitude of, of, um, being a servant first that goes into like, cause the other thing is it's a blessing to be a a blessing and you'll get blessed by giving, you know, um, tithing your, that's a promise of the Lord. You tithe your 10%, that's the bare minimum, and then offerings after that, um, you know, you'll live a blessed blessed life. Yeah, uh, yeah. it says in Malachi. And so the church, the church that I was at, and a lot of churches understand that, and so that's why, you know, that's why I got a paycheck when I played the drums. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and I mean, like, whenever you're doing ministry, this is kind of a, you know, a thought about... Sometimes I've I've had a lot of experience with smaller churches and and some experience with larger, but mostly smaller. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I've heard stories and I haven't seen this firsthand, but I've heard stories about people having a problem with ministers being paid a lot. And, uh, and I understand, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there, there are lines in between like being hyper rich and like all the way from being like poor, because some people believe you're not supposed to. But the interesting thought to me is this, do you really want to pay the person who's supposed to manage your soul less? (laughs) You're like, here's the thing. This is what I'd like. I would like for you to have God ordained you over my life and to lead me and grow me. And I'd like you to not only be focused on that, but to also be focused on making money elsewhere. I think that's in my best interest (laughs) because I can, I can save my 10% at that point. Everybody will be broke. The pastor will be broke. He'll give me 20%. And then I can take that to the bank when I'm trusting him with my soul. So no, I just, 
you want your pastors blessed. It says to share all things that you have with those who teach the word to you. So I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer in, in paying your pastors, man. Well, not only that, they deserve double honor. Double honor. Um, yeah. Amen. And so that was another thing. I was standing there talking with a kid and um, I think, I, well, okay. So I was there. Um, I was there to serve the church. I was there to be on the worship team, but behind the, like they had it uh, kind of gated off. I could walk back and forth freely into like the behind uh, VIP area, you could say, where Ooh. all the pastors were invited to eat at. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, I waited to eat until they're all through because I don't have pastor in front of my name. Um, yes, I drove a long ways to be there, but I drove a long ways to worship. And just that training and go taught me, I'm not going to be the first person to get into this line to get this food. I'm going to wait until everyone else who came there um, not to serve, but just to, you know, feed, <laughs> um, spiritually to go through first. You mean and, spiritually and like food, food wise? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah spiritually okay. and like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they came there. Yeah. Yeah. Pastors. They came there to hear the pastor, um, Mark and Trina Hankins to get a word from the Lord specifically for them, you know, to take something. They wanted something out of the, ah, out of the service and after service they were blessed with a meal that I was also blessed with um and I also came to feed you know to be honest but I also came to be a servant unto all their needs mm. um if need may be so like you know so I waited to eat like cuz I I was joking around with you know cuz I'm friends with the guy who's standing guard and stuff and it was his son who was like being like, why don't you just go up and bother uh, Pastor Mark? And I'm like, I'm not going to go up there and bother him because I'm, you know, I'm honoring him by letting him, you know, like if he goes up to me and starts talking to me, yeah, I'll start talking to him. But otherwise, I'm not going to just erupt him after preaching or wherever. Um, I'm going to honor that title and and uh, honor his place as a pastor mm. deserving of double honor. Double honor. Yeah. Ugh, and what, which, what, is, what, is, was, what does honor was, mean? What is the word? Honor? Uh, to hold in high esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to treat someone's word, words like they matter. No, no, I just wanted to make it clear for the people listening. Mm. They're like, well, okay, so to be honest, I don't even know what honor really looks like. You know, except for when I'm watching samurai movies and they're like, my Anna is gone. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't mean to be, you know, culturally cliche here, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, it's lost. It's lost in, in this day and age, you know, especially in America. That's not something we talk about. Like you don't hear classrooms like kids. What about our honor? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's all about like self-preservation and who you are and your pronouns and this weird stuff. Yeah, you're right. That's. That's a good point. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. A really good point. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Um, so why do you do it? Why do I do it? Yeah. Why do you serve? Like what? Why do I serve? What's the benefit, like, Matt? Like what are you general, getting out like, of this, dude? You just, are you just wasting your life? Like what are you getting out of this? No. What I'm being I'm being facetious, well, just so you know. But you know, I'm playing the I'm playing the bad cop. 
Yeah, I know. I okay, know okay, doing, okay. Good, good, good. I didn't uh, want it to be misconstrued because people might. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, why? Why um, are you doing that? Well, uh, there's a lot of reasons why. One of those is I find so much great joy in serving, um, because there is joy to be found in serving. There's joy in gratitude. Uh, when you give some, if let's say you have a thousand bucks and you see someone who's like a friend of yours wanting to. I don't, you know, it could be anything. Mm. Um, wanting to buy ice cream at Dairy Queen, and you're just like, here, I got this. You know, not only are they happy that they received some free ice cream, but you're happy that you were able to be able to, um, you know, serve your your brother or whoever you're yeah. hanging out with. with yeah. You know, being able to bless them. It's a blessing to be a blessing. So why do I serve is there is that... Um, I guess a feeling of like it's that that joy, that generous joy that mm. comes up from being able yeah. to serve. Yeah, nah, I get that. And so that's a big part. Like, uh, plus, why did I drive four and a half hours? Because I'm friends. I'm friends. I've got friends there, so I'm serving yeah. with friends that I have common. Like, we're close together with you know. Yeah, yeah. which um, it should be that way. It says get to know get to know those who labor among you, which mm-hmm. you know the ministry me and you were at. We did a really good job, and I'll say that a lot of ministries that I've personally seen, they didn't major on that. Like they would do meetings, they come in, they go out. They didn't spend a lot of time just hanging out together, which you know I think mm-hmm. is really important that you that you are friends with them. It's not just service, you know the. You're bleeding with these people, you know, not metaphorically, but maybe even literally. I, I don't know, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's that one time I stepped on a nail, so I was bleeding then. That time know. in Cabo. What? That time in Cabo. Yeah, you know, that time in Cabo. Um, <laughs> I'm still like, oh, man, I'm happy. It was fun. Um, yeah. So it brings great joy, but not only that, like, like, why do I play drums in church? You could say, like, just to ask myself a question to expound upon what we're talking about. Why do you play drums in um, church, reason, Matt? What? Why do you play drums in church? Why do I play drums in church? Yeah, you know tell me. me. Yeah. But it's because I enjoy playing. It first came from an enjoyment of playing the drums and being able to serve on the worship team, plus being behind the kit worshiping. But, um, which is still all part of it, but the other part of it is, uh, when you truly enter into worship, that anointing hits and it brings it to another level. Like, that's why they called me in when they have this guest minister. It's not just to be like, oh, hey, look at our praise and worship team's full in this, this church. It's to bring that anointing, that expectancy up to that next level to help fit or help be in that room. Um, and it's not just like, I'm just, it's that anointing, you know, cause I'm just hitting the beats in time and I'm just playing and I've learned to do it really well for through go ministries and where we were at. But a big part of that is being able to do it with the anointing. And so hmm. um, that's another reason I drove down is knowing all that. That's why I play drums on Sunday morning is to, um so recap one i enjoy playing the drums two i enjoy worshiping behind the drums um i guess three is i'm good 
at doing both of those, which brings the anointing to that next level, that brings yeah breakthrough. Because which... the worship goes out before the message and opens the hearts of the people, the congregation, so that they can receive the message that the preacher is bringing. Yeah, which which really isn't that crazy, because if you think about it, like... In the Old Testament, you know, Samson was anointed with strength. He was touched by God for strength. And like, what did he do with it? He just slaughtered Mm -hmm. just hundreds and hundreds of Philistines with his strength. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying, if you're anointed to be strong, how much crazier it would be to be anointed to do music. And David, remember, he played an instrument before Solomon. And the spirit that was tormenting left him when David would play. Or Saul, 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 yep, I'm sorry. Yeah, I played yeah, for his son. I, sorry. I heard somebody yeah. talk about that. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was you. But they were talking about how David, he was anointed to play, but he also had that anointing. And so Saul was drawn to him because Saul had lost the anointing that David now carried. Mm. And so he was drawn to that. And like that's why it calmed his spirit is because David was carrying the spirit that he did carry but he lost and so which i i don't know who said that but i was like that makes sense and yeah that's super cool but yeah david was anointed to play songs and as he was protecting sheep and oh man it was it's good you're right yeah yeah i just don't think it's that crazy to be anointed to play drums you know I, yeah, I, I, th- I think you can totally. It says use your gifts and talents; they'll make mm-hmm. room for you. You know, and it says the gifts mm-hmm. and calls of God are without repentance. So, you know, like mm-hmm. that special innate quality in somebody that they're going to be have a propensity, an, an ability to do this random thing. They're like, I don't know why I'm good at this. Uh, I'm not necessarily more practiced than other people, but for some reason, it just makes sense. In addition to, I just am mm-hmm. good at it, and that's grace. You know, like mm-hmm. boom. You know, it's like, oh, I have no idea how I walked out of sin. I just one day stopped doing heroin. I'm not sure. And it's like, well, did you try before? Yeah, lots of times. Did it work? No, not without God. It's like, well, that's kind of weird. Grace, ease, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I was. Yeah, it's that grace, that ease. Um... Yeah. God is good. Yeah. I learned that from Dr. James Tan because he used to teach. He said that he was with a bunch of pastors and he was like teaching them and working with them. And some lady was like, you're really good with those pastors. And he was, he was like, oh, oh, it's not, I'm not going to do his accent. He goes, oh, oh, it's nothing. (laughs) I was going to try. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And she goes, no, you're really good with them. And he was like, oh, well, I'm not trying. And she goes, well, that's the point. It's grace. If you had to put a bunch of effort into it, then it wouldn't be that graced. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think that the things we end up doing that nobody else can do for some reason, but they just apparently are really easy to us, we might have a gift and a call for that, you know? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, what about... So we're talking about... Let me find this. Talking about giving, Mm -hmm. your time, your money, your gifts. So a story time. What do you think is one of the best seeds that you've gotten to sow? And what was the sacrifice? Oh. What was the best seeds? Are you talking specifically money or are you talking? Eternal. Eternal. It, 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 eternal. Eternal. Yeah, because um, it can be money or it can be time. It's just whatever you thought was the most like 
pure eternal seed, like you really listened to the Lord and that, that changed a life or changed multiple lives or whatever it may be? Man, I've, I got to think on that. Do you have something? Can I say one? Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I'm sorry. It was loaded and I had it, but I gave it to you right away. <laughs> My bad. I'm like ready. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. Let me just put it on you. Okay, so I guess I was, at first I was thinking about it. And one time I ministered to this guy named Isaac and he was a homeless gentleman. And uh, I, I was thinking that that was going to be that story. And I've had a few times when I've gotten to lead homeless people to the Lord, Um but I, uh, they were really good seeds. And that one with Isaac that I led him to the Lord, I tried to go see him about two months after and he had died right after I led him to the Lord. So he had no legs. And basically I came up and brought some food to him and I was like, Hey, I want to give you guys some food, but this is for the couple that just walked off. Would you give it to them for me? And they're like, yeah, we'll give it to them. Well, I went and get, got them food and brought it back. And then they saw that I saw them, that they were eating all the food that I had bought for the other homeless people. And then they saw, I brought them more food and they all began to weep. Like these homeless people just started crying and crying and crying, realizing that like I was loving them and they just like betrayed me and didn't take it to those people and just scarfed it down themselves. And we basically, it was like me and two other people just started ministering to these people. And I prayed, you know, the sinner's prayer with that guy, Isaac. And two months later, I tried to find him and he had, you know, he had died, you know, going to heaven because uh, he was genuine too, man. He wasn't like trying to do no weird stuff, but I think that that was a cool one, but I really think the most consistent times that I've ever sown, sowed seeds in people's lives is when I've gotten to work with somebody, teaching them the basics of the word and growing them up. I've had some really cool moments in Go Ministries when new people would come in and I got to teach them some of the basics that the Lord has taught me and really seeing their lives like live out those basics. Not like, I don't know how to explain it, like, Sometimes when you watch messages and you go to church and stuff, nothing changes. But like those one-on-one moments, like I'm thinking specifically of a um, of an intern that came in, and I, I just I got the opportunity to challenge him in God that status quo wasn't going to work. It basically, I'm gonna you know make it short, but. Um, I had told him this, the devil was really messing with me. And I believe it was not the devil. It was actually the Lord, you know, showing me something. And, uh, basically I was like, Oh, I'm healed and whole in the name of Jesus. And when I would get sick, I'm like, I'm healed. It says I'm healed in the Bible 100%. And this little voice would come up and he go, and would be like, how do you know? And I'd be like, Oh, because, because the pastor was just saying Sunday and he was like, Oh, so it's in the pastor's name that you're healed. And I was like, uh, and I was like, oh, it says it in the Bible that I'm healed and I know that I'm healed. And then this little voice would be like, where? Where, where is it say it in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sure that you really know it. And it kept challenging me that you didn't actually know what God said. First and foremost, you knew what a preacher said. And then second, you knew that it was in the Bible, but you didn't even know where it was. You don't even know the passage. You don't even know the promise because you're supposed to get the spirit of the word, not the letter. If you don't get the spirit, there's no life into it. This is the letter without the spirit always produces death. And, uh, but I got to share this with this kid and, uh, cause he kept quoting, you know, that I'm this and I'm that. And I was like, who says, where does it say? And he was like, and I was like, here's the thing. When the devil challenges you, it can't be in your pastor's name. 
And when Satan comes and he challenges you on what you believe and how you believe it, you have to know where it is without a shadow of a doubt so you can turn to that promise in your heart. Not that you're going to, you're going to use a Sunday sermon will never. When Jesus was tempted by Satan himself, he says, it is written. Not my father said, okay? He said, it is written. He used scripture and he could have directly used quotes from God. He's been praying nonstop. So if you don't know the scripture and know what the promise was, because it was put down on paper for a reason, what are you going to fight with? What are you going to fight with, man? It says the sword of the spirit, you know, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, holding up the shield of faith. You know, you have the belt of truth, the shoes of Mm -hmm. peace, preparation. And uh, no, so yeah, I just got to share that with that that kid. And what were we going to say? Sorry. Well, I was going to bounce off of you because that's what is Satan, what has been his tactic since the very start was to take the words and twist them. Yeah. The very first thing he did talking with Eve was uh, taking the gist of what, uh, God said, but twisting them. Yeah. Um, and so having that, well, you're right on what you're saying. Um, that and saying tries to divide. Uh, oh man, I I guess I don't have. I kind of um, I kind of sprung it on you. So that's you did you sprung it on me. I did I did. Like I've been in ministry a long time, and I haven't had as much. Well, I've been in ministry a long time, not as long as, well, I don't know, or maybe we're the same, but um, I guess I haven't had those like deep moments like what you were just talking about. Yeah, it doesn't um, even really uh, for me. If I can kind of interject, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, you. I guess I, 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 well, I just thought of a couple. Okay, please. No, I just, it, it's not about you know, everybody is held responsible to the call on their life and the gifts on their life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it won't look like me and it shouldn't. It shouldn't look like me. There are some that may look like others, you know, when you're operating in a Mm -hmm. position or, you know, one of the positions that Jesus gives, which is like apostle, evangelist, prophet, teacher, pastor. Um, Those will operate sometimes the same, but people will be specific to their personality Mm -hmm. while in, you know, the operation. So, no, it it doesn't have to look like me. Your seed will look different. And usually you, you come across seed with obedience, you know, and then those people have to tend their garden. You know, because oh, yeah. in Mark 4, um, it says that the seed was dropped on, you know, the stone. It was dropped in where there's weeds. Well, it was dropped in where there was sunlight and it scorched it. And then it yeah. also was dropped into good soil. And so if people don't tend their heart after you've sowed that seed, they're going to lose mm-hmm. it. I mean, you know, the crow is going to oh, come yeah, and steal that's, it. That's true. Uh, no, the, the couple stories I just thought of okay. um, was once we were at Fusion in Wisconsin and we do or go does the kids portion of that and we were praying over kids and there was one kid i i don't remember what we were praying for i just know that i was praying in tons over this kid and i didn't know what to say um because usually i'm behind the drum kit um and so i just prayed over him but i know it made an impact because after the service he was like he was bawling and he gave me a hug um, at the end awesome. of service. Awesome. That's what no I, idea what I did. Yeah. No, well, that's what I was going to say me. about you. You are so good 
with being present with people. One thing, you know, with Go, you travel around all the time and you meet new people and new kids. And a lot of times the interns didn't want to meet new people, including me. Sometimes I would have a camera and I'd always be taking pictures. And it wasn't that I don't want to meet these kids. You know, for some reason, I would get like social anxiety about it. And so I would use the camera as a safety thing to walk around the room instead of having to interact. But you always interacted people and that makes people feel welcome. It makes them feel loved. It makes them feel valued. And those things, man, you're you're sowing seeds that like, because you got this big banner. It says follower of Jesus when you go to a church, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. there obviously, but people are assuming it. And when you're kind and you love people and you're there for people, you know, it it, it 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 goes back to Christ that, you know, it isn't just Matthew Decker, but it's Christ doing this. Um. He has left the building. This is a short pause, ladies and gentlemen, as Matthew Decker finds something of somewhat, I don't know what he's looking for. What are you getting? What'd you get? Specifically, with what is Go, that? What is that? Not only specifically with Go. Um, cause I have another point, but yep. you're wearing around one of these, yeah. which one of these, you know, here's all the different versions of them. Yep. Um, one of these tells you when you're at the church, you're telling that basically what you're saying, that you're a follower of God mm. and people can walk up to you when you're in church, these could be name tag or an usher shirt or something like that. It's something that draws people in but not only that it's personality and stuff but i just felt like grabbing these because of what you just said Um, yeah yeah and so like uh yeah when i was at a church service uh or traveling on the road um i guess for me i take it as an assignment and as doing it unto the lord so i would always kind of turn off that part of your brain that wants to get away. I re- like when I was at Zach's Yano's wedding. Um, um, one of the guys in the wedding was saying that I was some personality type. He's like, I bet you're that type. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm not that type because mm. when I'm with people, it's different than when I'm by myself. Yeah. Like, cause I'm, I'm an introvert at heart. I would rather be, you know, at home and kind of relaxed. Yeah. But when I'm with people, um, I like to be exciting with people and I genuinely want to have a relationship with people. So you that do. was like this last trip was awesome because I got to meet new people that I hope to see in the future. Genuinely. I would drive and see people. Yeah. Um if yeah. I get a chance to. Which but is one I, of your greatest gifts, man. It really is. Your, it is the Lord. Your ability for relationship and that desire and that like, and not in a faux way. You're not looking to like only receive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like some people, they call you to vent and they're like, oh, I'm just going to vent. Like you call for relationship. You ask how someone else is doing before you t- talk about your life. And, you know, so you're, yeah, that's true. yeah, you make a point not just to use people because a lot of times people will use people as an emotional dump and they'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to talk, 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 talk. Oh, I feel better. And they really didn't fix anything because you have to receive input to fix like putting out only like takes emotional weight off the situation, but you've never done that. You've never just called and you've always asked me how I was first before you ever started talking. So that's, I think that personally is a rare gift that you have where, you know, relationship is important. 
It is. Well, we're called to be a body of Christ. Mm. So we each have a part to play. Yeah. Um, Amen. But the other, I guess, internal moment, I don't know if this is, this might be an internal moment, that I thought of, which is a simple one, is we were at c for c and I was behind the drum kit, and Pastor Josh was like, okay, you can leave the drum kit, and I left the drum kit, and started falling behind people to, like, catch them. I didn't catch anybody, but a kid in the crowd noticed and talked to me afterwards where he was like, that was so cool how you left the drum kit to, like, catch people. Wow. You were serving, like, and that's what I was saying, is we all serve each other, so. Um, So that made an impact of the sense that it's not, you don't just have one job when you're, I don't know, like when you're serving, you don't just have your one job title of oh I'm behind the drum kit, I'm the worship, that's all I do, or oh I sit behind the camera, oh I'm the sound guy, so I just do sound and that's it. Yeah, it's that you see a need and you fill it. Um, so you might have something that you're anointed at to do, um, or a job, a job, place that you're serving at at your church, but having that. F- you have like that flexibility to help each other out because we yeah. all we all help each other. No, that reminds me. Um, in I've been reading in Samuel, First Samuel, and uh, mm-hmm. you know Eli Samuel gets blessed to Eli, and basically because his mom couldn't have a baby, and so she cried out. She had a baby, and she gives the baby over to the priest. And mm-hmm. Samuel hears in the middle of the night, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs over to Eli and he goes, Eli, here I am. And he does it three times and then finally goes, hey, Samuel, I know what the jig is up. I know what's going on here. He's like, next time you hear your voice, say, here I am, Lord, your servant's listening. And it's so interesting that you say that about serving. A lot of times people, you know, you want to serve in your gift and call. Of course, there's a grace to it. You're going to be a top shot baller, okay, compared to everybody's like, dang, he's doing a good job. And, uh, but really, I think... It's important that our hearts are, here I am, Lord, your servant's Mm -hmm. listening. You know, like, what would you have me do? Maybe it's not exactly what I want right now. Maybe I don't feel like it's exactly the ideal gift and call, but the fact of you being available is more important than you being um, powerful to an extent. I guess, what is the the word? Like able, I guess, you know, like it's more important for you to be available as a person than it is for you to look or be operating in exactly what you think is going to be the best, you know, because if you're Mm -hmm. picking and choosing with God, man, like he may need you when he needs you. Missed part of that. I think you cut out. I did. I'm just saying, basically, you know, God's going to need you. It says, you know, who's a friend of God? Zach Yano taught this one time and he said that God needed him. And God, as soon as Zach was about to say no to him ministering to kids, he said he just felt like God dropped his head and he was like, who am I going to get to minister to these kids then? Because I don't have anyone else right now. And uh, so, so, you know, God needs you. He needs us to, to be there and be for people. And uh, that's something I'm personally learning. I'm going to tell you, I, I get scared all the time ministering to people out, and the Lord tells me to do it all the time. And uh, yeah, it's something I can grow on. Yeah, but well, uh, I mean, it's something we all we all grow on. Yeah, and um, then, yeah. But I think uh, I think what were you going to say? 
I think that's it. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say, I think that's I, it. I know that's what you're about to say. I, know, okay. I was about to say, it, like, there are those times where it is feels like a sacrifice because you're like, mm. um, I know for me, um, those moments where it's like, man, I really want to go hang out with so-and-so, but I got to go take the trash out, and I yeah. don't know if this moment of whatever will happen again, but I've got to do this. But, you know, doing it all unto the Lord, it's, you're not missing out on anything, you know? Yeah, amen, amen. And he's never going to, like, put you in a position where you may have a sacrifice, but it's not a loss. Mm-hmm. No. They're, they're different, you know? Yeah, it's, it's different. It's different. You're going to uh, uh, sow eternal seed, and it says that what you give up in this life, you'll reap in this life, plus persecution. Um, but it says you'll, what you give in houses, you'll receive. What you give in friendship, mm-hmm. you'll receive. So, no. Plus, you're, you're, you're doing those internal moments that when we're up in heaven eternally, like that's mm-hmm. where you'll see. Like There's so many moments that I'm sure we both have um, where... It's like we have no idea. Like, I'll go back to worship. Um, because so much of my ministering was doing worship things, being a part there with the anointing and all that. You don't you know, you don't see the spiritual things that are happening in the crowd that you won't find out mm. until you get up to heaven and Yeah. I imagine I'll have I don't don't want to sound egotistical, but I imagine I'll have people walk up and be like, dude, that worship service changed my life and thank you for being being a part of that without that i wouldn't be yeah here you know yeah um, and and which i know you've done worship before too and you've done a lot with the church too it's like yeah video you know you don't know we don't know yeah another big thing too is that you know it says in matthew that jesus was given the name above names because he was obedient unto death not that he produced the best results. So you're not you're not rewarded when you get to heaven unto your results. Because if you look at the results of Jesus, at near the end, he's abandoned by basically everybody. Not everyone, but a lot of people. At one point in time, he goes, you need to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. And most of his followers leave. In one fell swoop, they're like, this guy's nuts. And so if you're looking by results, you're like, man, this guy's getting abandoned every turn. Uh, people are turning their backs on him. You know, one of his main 12, you know, deserts him and basically gives him up to die. Peter, one of his main dudes, the guy just prior was the only one who knew he was the son of God. He was like, who do you guys mm-hmm. say that I am? And everybody's like, oh, good teacher. Um, uh, I don't know. And then Peter goes, you're the son of God. And he goes, blessed, because flesh and blood hasn't shown this to you, but God has shown you this in heaven. Mm -hmm. And on this rock, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ as the son of God, I will build my church. And so, you know, basically Jesus is rewarded for his obedience, not his results. So you don't have to save a million souls. You just have to say yes every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Something Pastor Mark Hankins mentioned about Peter is... Because Peter denied Christ three times. Hmm. But then uh, you go to Acts and Peter uh, preaches, I don't know how many of the sermons. Hmm. First Um, one, at least. Yeah, the first, I think it was like first six and then two of them are Paul or something like that. I don't remember exactly in Acts. Hmm. But yeah, he did the first one and 
Um, he didn't mention his faults, like that he denied Jesus three yeah, times. He just yeah. went on preaching. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's so simple. Like, this is this is a different topic, so maybe I shouldn't go here. But um, so simply, uh, pastors screw up, and we just like, oh, can't ever hear from them again. And yet, Peter was the first, like, like Jesus said, mm-hmm. on this rock. We'll I'll build my church, the, yeah. Build the church. And on the day of Pentecost, while they're all drunk in the Holy Ghost, it was Peter who ministered and got mm-hmm. however thousands saved. Um, mm-hmm. And what, like, before that, I don't know how the time difference he denied Christ three times, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it just, wasn't far. I think they were in the upper room for 120 days before the Holy Spirit fell. So, you know, you're talking maybe, I don't know exact timelines here, okay, but maybe 120 to 230 days, you know, from yeah, denying denying Christ, yeah. the man you had just spent three years following, to him being, you being the chief mouthpiece, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I always think about that and I love it. I love it that there's such a flip-flop. It's so perfect because it's more important that God shows people that he'll take the very it says he uses the things who can the things that confound the wise. So the mm-hmm. things that people are like, "Oh, useless." He's going to make the most useful. The people that are like, "Oh, no, that's that's, you know, that's you, you need this guy." He's like, no, 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 no. I want the I want the mess up over there so I can show you mm-hmm. how I do things, you know, which is so cool. It is cool. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Yeah, um, it says in uh, the New Testament that he used Paul to show him, to show people the length of his grace. And uh, so oh, he used yeah. the guy that is killing all the Christians that is the largest proponent mm-hmm. and issue to murdering the people that are following after Christ to save, mm-hmm. you know, arguably write the most letters and save the most souls and love people till his own death. Um, yeah. So, no, I just... Because he... <laughs> it's, it's just cool. It's awesome. It's awesome, it dude. Well, yeah, because you got Paul who wrote majority of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And it was letters to pastors. It would be like today... Well, I guess it would be like today just... Um, meetings and calls and stuff like that um wait what what are you talking about well like it was his letters <laughs> sorry letters to the church. oh yes okay he yeah yeah letters to the saying. church so like today it'd be yeah like conferences or okay yep yep, yep chats yes yes um, i did i didn't understand the correlation i was like what are you going on about <laughs> my bad <laughs> Oh, you're true. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I think that's it. Episode two.